Amen, amen. Thank you, James and others who are helping. If you brought a Bible with you, say yes. And let me invite you to open it with me to Colossians chapter 4 this morning. Colossians chapter 4. If you're visiting with us, we're in the middle of a series called Pray Big. Over the past couple of Sundays, we talked about how to specifically pray big for your husband as well as how to pray big for your wife. And now this Sunday morning, we're talking about how to pray big for your son. Next Sunday, obviously, will be pray big for your daughter. And we're all in the context as a body of believers in the Family Groove Project. So if you've not already picked up a Family Groove Project bucket or bag, make sure that you do that before you take off. Inside of this particular bag is family devotions that will actually help your family spend time alone with the Lord. And I know you'll want to do that and be a part of it. So those are free right out there in the foyer. But this morning, Colossians chapter 4 and verse 2, let's stand to our feet all across the building. And why don't we just read this together? It's up here on the screen. So on the count of three, one, two, three, devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving. Let's bow together. Uh, Father, thank you for your word. And Lord, thank you for the challenge. As we've seen this verse, as really our theme verse for the whole month, uh, just a challenge for each one of us to spend time alone with you, praying, seeking you, and asking you to work in our lives, praying big. And God, that's what we do this morning. I pray big that you would open hearts, that they might be able to see the glory of who you are. And Father, I pray big also that you would place your hand upon sons of concord, that they might grow up and be strong men of God. And Father, we pray this morning that you would, by the power of your Holy Spirit, use our time together for your purposes and for your glory. And God, we ask as well that you would help us as parents, that we might be able to lead our children in a way that would honor you. So God, we give you this time, and we pray that you'd work. And it's in Jesus Christ's name that we pray, and everybody said amen. So you can be seated this morning. So I'm thinking about, okay, how can I pray big for my sons? Now, most of y'all probably know this, but let me just kind of clue you in. I've got two boys, all right? I've got four total children, but two of them are boys, which makes the other two girls. Very good. Now, the two boys are Garrison and Gavin. And so, man, I want to pray big for them, really seeking the Lord on their behalf. And so one of the questions that kind of starts stemming up as a result of that is, what do I really desire for my boys to become? Whenever they're men, what do I really desire for them to look at? And some of you guys have probably thought the same thing. When you look at your son, whether he be younger or even older, you kind of have a futuristic picture of what you may desire for him to be. In fact, some of you may actually desire for your uh, son to one day grow up and be a great sports icon. Maybe like one of these guys up here. We've got Roger Federer, and we also got Shaquille O'Neal. So I drew both of those, by the way, just for this message. Or maybe you have in mind that your son may become a very successful businessman in the days ahead. Maybe like this young guy or even Donald Trump. And then maybe you just want your uh, son to have a perfect family. And maybe a paid for house, some kids, and basically this is what the perfect family would look like. There you go, all right? If you don't know that, that's Mr. Bean. But anyway, so uh, maybe you want them to be rich in the days ahead, so they may just have kind of like a Biltmore house in front of them. Or maybe you have just made this statement before. You ever said it like this? Man, I don't care what my kids uh, become, just as long as they are happy. And so some people, that's their desire. They just want their sons to be happy. So when I thought about praying big for my two sons, I began to think about what they would look like when they became men. 
and thinking with the end in mind really gave me the opportunity to begin to build a process whereby I could pray for them uh, specifically. You know, Paul the Apostle, by the way, he ministered and prayed with the end in mind. He thought of people he led to Christ and others that he had disciples as sons in the faith. And he writes in Colossians, or Colossians chapter 1 and verse 28, we proclaim Jesus admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom so that, check this out, future, we may present every man complete in Jesus Christ. See, Paul's ministry was designed to help others grow in their faith, to become complete, to be spiritually mature disciples of Jesus. His ministry and prayer life was designed to help spur his sons of the faith along in their journey towards spiritual maturity. Now, as parents, we are the ministering agents in the life of our children. So we must desire God's will for their lives above our own desires. And the question really isn't what do we want our sons to be like, but really, what does God desire for our sons? And you know, through prayer, we are daily offering up our sons to the Lord with full assurance that he knows what's best for them. Praying that our sons uh, would display uh, literally faith in their life, but as we pray for our sons, we are displaying faith in God's ability to work in them, through them, as well as around them. So really, how do we pray biblically-centered, Christ-honoring, kingdom-advancing, big prayers for our sons? And what are some ways that we can pray? Now, these are ways that I've been praying for my son, so I'll just kind of share these with you and preach a little bit on them. But there's four major prayers that I've lifted up for Garrison and Gavin. Here's the very first prayer. Pray that your son would be a man after God's own heart. Pray that your son will be a man after God's own heart. Do you know that God purposed for your son to be born into the world? Uh, God purposed for your son to be born into the world. The Bible says in Psalm 139 and 13, you formed my inward parts, you wove me in my mother's womb. And then in Psalm 139 and verse 16, the Bible says, your eyes have seen my substance and in your book were written all of the days that were ordained for me, when as yet there was not one of them. See, God took great care in shaping your son. The father does not begin a task without a desired result. Your son was created by God and he was created for God. And according to the scripture, the Lord has already planned out how many days that your son will have upon the earth. Therefore, we must pray that our sons not squander God's purpose for their lives while they are here. And this is why we must pray that our sons would have hearts after God. You know, God describes David in the Old Testament as a man after his own heart. That is, David is a man who is pursuing, who is running toward, who is leaning into God's delights and God's desires. Listen to David's own words in Psalm 16 and verse 2. He says, I said to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good besides you. See, I want my sons to realize this early, that there is nothing good to be had upon the earth besides God. And they will never know this if they are not pursuing him, if they don't have a heart for him. So I've got to pray that God would give them a heart that was set upon him. Now, 
just kind of let you know, both of my sons do play baseball. Maddie also plays a little softball. Y'all with me say yes? And uh, had the opportunity to teach my sons how to hit a baseball. Now, I know I don't look much like a baseball player, more like a bodybuilder, but I love to teach these guys how to play ball. And so I taught both of them how to bat, right? So I just encourage them to put the bat, get in the athletic stance, and be right here watching the pitcher. And then as soon as the ball begins to come, you step into the ball, wherever it's coming, and then you release and just drop all your power into the baseball. And so I've told Garrison, you know, just consider that baseball uh, your sister's head. And when it comes through, just smack that thing hard as you can. That was pretty funny. But anyway, so uh, that's the deal. Always leaning in. It's getting your momentum towards the baseball. And as I think about that imagery, that really is what I'm praying for my sons, that their momentum, that they would always be stepping into God's very best for their life, that they would be looking for what delights God, they would be looking for what pleases God, and they would lean in to that direction. And that's what Paul the Apostle was, or that's what Paul was, that's also what David was in the Old Testament. That's why God said David was a man after his own heart. It's the idea of God, of him always leaning into the heart of God and that's the desire for my son so I've got to pray for them that they would always be leaning in that direction so that's prayer number one pray that your sons would have a heart for God and then pray number two that your son will be a valiant fighter that he'd be a valiant fighter you know every day that my boys get up out of bed they're entering into a war zone And this current world system is designed by the devil to attract them and carry their mind off to plunder. Therefore, they must be ready to fight. They can't be sissy about it either. You know, the Bible says, John, in 1 John chapter 2, 15 through 16, do not love the world nor the things in the world. And if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, listen to this, the lust of the flesh, The lust of the eyes and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. So John is describing the world system. And John states that in the world, there's the lust of the flesh. And the world is designed to awaken within my sons a strong desire, a craving, a yearning, a thirst to satisfy any longing that comes their way. You know, we live in a microwave society that says if you want to get it, then get it as soon as you possibly can. And there are desires that are unaware of and untouched by God in our society. And I have to pray that my sons would fight against those sinful desires, those desires of the flesh. John also describes the world system as being that of the lust of the eyes. Again, this world system is designed to gain the visible attention of both of my son's eyes. I think about my kids walking through a candy store, by the way, and everything they see, they're like, I want that, I want that. Will you give me that? Will you give me that? Y'all ever been in there before? It's pretty amazing, right? But then I have found something quite unique, and that is whenever they carry their own money into the store, they act completely different. Now, all of a sudden, that candy bar don't look so good. Now, all of a sudden, they begin to weigh out their options. It's like, I'm not real sure if I want to buy that. And so they spend all of their time looking at everything, evaluating, figuring out how much it's actually going to cost them. And whenever I see that, it's just a reminder to me that, man, I want to pray that my sons would see what the world has to offer and always keep in mind that if they purchase it, it will cost them something. I want them to see the cost, not to miss the cost. Now, 
We talk about the lust of the eyes. I think uh, all of us would agree that we are living in a sex-driven society. It's visible from our uh, television shows to commercials and obviously to movies. And then we also know that it is um, all over the place on the internet growing in a staggering rate. Some 12% of all websites are pornographic. That is one more or one page out of 10 rather is a pornographic website. And it's estimated that 90% of boys ages 12 to 17 have already viewed pornography. And the largest consumer of pornography are boys ages 12 to 17. And now look, the devil and demonic influences have launched a full-scale war on the eyes of your sons. So we have to pray that they would learn to fight against the enemy. I pray that they would be like Job, who said in Job 31 and verse 1, I have made a covenant with my eyes not to look with lust at a woman. Or may they be like Joseph, who was seduced by Potiphar's wife and ran for her, ran from her. Paul told young Timothy to flee immorality. And Timothy's that young pastor, and Paul's like, hey, run from immorality. And when he uses the word flee, it's the Greek word fuego, where we get the English word fugitive. So it's the idea that he's always on the run. You know, last Sunday night, our uh, family group project all got together on uh, Sunday night at uh, the Jones's house. So while we were there at the Jones's house, looked out in the front yard and our boys were out there racing one another. Y'all seen this before, right? So kids love to race each other. So they got a starting line, run all the way to the tree and back and let's see who can beat. And so it's amazing. They get out there, one, two, three, and they take off with all of that energy to run this particular race. So whenever I see that and begin to think about how I want to pray for Garrison and Gavin and pray that they would flee immorality, really that's the prayer. I'm praying that they would exert as much energy in running away from the lust of the eyes as they do whenever they're racing people. May they give every fiber of their being to avoiding the lust of the eyes. So we've got to pray for them. And then John also mentions not only the lust of the flesh and the lust of eyes, but the boastful pride of life. One commentator says, the pride spoken of is self-reliance and self-sufficiency. Either people trust in themselves or they derive their values, assurance, and life from God. And it's exactly this attitude of self-sufficiency, seeing things in our own light and not by the light of God, that John the Elder terms worldliness. Now, we don't want our sons falling in love with the current world system and what the world system has to offer. But we know that the world has launched and is continuing to launch devious schemes to attack our sons. So we have to pray that they fight against the spiritual forces of darkness by the power of the Holy Spirit. So that's the second prayer. Pray for them. Prayer number three, pray that your son never stops growing in wisdom. Pray that your son never stops growing in wisdom. You know, the book of Proverbs is dedicated to encouraging a son to grow in wisdom. In fact, wisdom is personified as someone who is calling out uh, two people. Listen to Proverbs chapter 8 and verse 1. It says, does not wisdom call and understanding lift up her voice? Now, I don't know about you, but I remember growing up and hanging out with the friends in the neighborhood, or you're playing basketball or riding bikes or whatever, that whenever it was time to eat, my dad would just walk out on the porch and he would whistle, and it doesn't matter where we were in the neighborhood, like I had a keen ability to hear that whistle. Y'all listening? And so as soon as I heard it, like I dropped everything, I am out, I'm going to the house, because daddy don't play. Y'all listening? So I would head to the house as quick as I can. Well, here's kind of an imagery. Wisdom is whistling out to your son, and we'll go 
a step further and just go ahead and apply it to everybody. Wisdom is whistling out to you, calling you in so that you might feed from the truth of who God is. And so wisdom is calling out. That's what the Bible teaches. You know, James teaches us in the book of James uh, that wisdom is being able to see our circumstance in life from God's perspective. So God uses every victory, every defeat, every triumph, every tragedy in our lives to draw us closer to him. And I pray that my sons are hooked on the word of God as they heed the voice of wisdom and they come to the truth. May they find their souls uh, satisfied in taking from the word of the Lord. So I'm praying that they'll be hospitable to the word of God, always quick to open up the door of their hearts to the truth. This is, by the way, why I kind of get fired up uh, with Garrison every once in a while. He's the oldest, right? He's 10. Uh, But there are times that I walk uh, past his room at night when everybody else is asleep, and I'll notice a light is on in there. And so I have cracked the door and looked in there before, and it doesn't happen every night, but when it does, I get pretty excited, right? And I see him there on the bed with the light on, and he's opened up in front of him a devotional guide that me and Krista got him on one occasion, and he's just spending time out there reading through that devotional guide. What is he doing? He is going to wisdom. He is going to God. And it is there with the Lord that he actually finds out how to live. So I want to pray God continue to stoke that fire in his heart for the word of God. You know, Proverbs chapter 2, 6 through 8 says, The Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He's the shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice, and he preserves the way of his godly ones. So the Bible teaches that wisdom is calling out. And I pray that my sons never grow tired of responding to the wisdom of God. Now, if you study the book of Proverbs, you'll have a great time, all right? Because what you're going to find is there really are two voices calling out to uh, the son, two of them. The one is wisdom shouting out, come this way and live. And then as you continue to read, you find out the other voice is actually the voice of an adulterous woman. And so there's these two voices. It's almost like as you read through that, there are your two calls. Make sure you respond in the right direction. And so I want to pray for my boys that they would avoid sin, that they would avoid a lifestyle separated from God, and that they would run down the path of wisdom. In fact, Proverbs 4, 25 and 27 says, let your eyes look directly ahead. Let your gaze be fixed straight in front of you. Watch the path of your feet and all your ways will be established. Do not turn to the right nor to the left. Turn your foot from evil. Are y'all listening? Say yes. This is all just for free right here, but somebody in the building has got a problem with a lady. You better be very careful. The adulterous woman's calling out to you, man. And if you respond, you will find out it tastes like gravel in your mouth. Wisdom's calling out. Listen to wisdom. All right? Y'all still with me? Say yes. Uh, Prayer number four. Here we go right here. Uh, Pray that your son is a servant leader. Pray that your son is a servant leader. Uh, Matthew 20 and 28 states about Jesus, the son of man came to serve, not to be served, and to give his life as a ransom for many. So if you trace the life of Jesus Christ in the Gospels, you will find it is impossible to come away from that study not seeing Jesus as a servant. The pearl of heaven is the person of Jesus Christ, but he did not regard his position as a means to get others to do his bidding. He served them. And when we think about our sons, we often see them as the greatest things on planet Earth. 
However, they are not so high in estimation that they should not serve other people. Every born-again child of God has been gifted to serve within the body. Regardless of age, if your son has a personal relationship with Jesus, God has gifted him for the body. And my prayer is that my sons would not only know what their gifts are, but they would use them for the glory of God to serve other people. So I pray that my sons would serve humbly with intensity and with passion. Now, only one of my sons out of the two uh, know the Lord right now. Garrison obviously knows the Lord. He's 10 years old. Uh, I believe he was the first guy that I baptized when I came here. He came to know Christ. But Gavin still doesn't know the Lord yet, all right? Now, it's pretty interesting because we were doing our family group project and one of the questions in uh, the family group project was how many people do you know or who do you know who is outside of the faith that you can pray for, all right? That you can pray that they would come to know Jesus personally. And Garrison just pops up and says, Gavin don't know him. Y'all are, that is true, all right? And then little Marley, who's only four years old, she just raises her hand. It's like, I see that hand, girl, we'll pray for you too. Y'all listening? Well, that's the thing. So we've got Maddie, we've got Garrison, both of them praying for their younger siblings that they would come to know Jesus Christ personally. And then as he comes to know Jesus, as your son comes to know Jesus, if he doesn't already, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit takes up residence in his heart and gifts him for the body of believers so that the body might be built up in the faith. And so I want to pray that both Garrison and Gavin would understand their giftedness and they would use it in the body of Christ so that the Lord Jesus might be glorified. So that's a prayer. Listen, pray the same for your son, that he would be a servant leader. Also, I'm praying big for my sons, and I'm asking God to use my sons in a supernatural way to make a large impact for his kingdom. And I'm not praying that they're going to be preachers one day, uh, not even praying that they're going to be missionaries or evangelists. I just simply want to pray that they would be exactly who God has created them to be, no matter if they enter full-time ministry or not. Listen, I'm not from a long line of preachers. Uh, My daddy works at the railroad. Both of my grandfathers who have passed away over the past couple of years, one of them was a tile distributor. The other one worked at Chevrolet. So there's no line of preachers here. It's not like we're trying to start this line. It's like, boy, you got to be what I am. No, 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 I want to pray, God, you, are y'all listening? Say yes. God, you made Garrison in Christa's womb. You have established how long he's actually going to be living here on the earth. You know exactly what you desire for him to do. I want to pray that your purpose, your plan, your pleasure, your will take place in his life. That's what I'm praying. And no matter what he ends up doing, as long as he is a man who has a heart for God, he is valiantly fighting against sin, he is running after wisdom, and he is serving other people, it doesn't matter what he does, God's going to use him to impact the kingdom of heaven. So that's what I want to pray. The real question is not what do I want for my son, but what does God want for my son? And not only this, whenever we are praying for our children, what happens is, as we seek the Lord's face, his desires become our desires. He conforms us into what he desires for our sons and daughters to become. And that's how we want to pray for him. That's how we want to pray for both of them. And the purpose of big prayers, ultimately, is the glory of God. You ever sought, by the way, to build a Lego deal with your son before or your kids? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Shake your head. Act like you're alive. Y'all all right? So Legos, man, our kids love them. 
Now, it's pretty neat today, right? Legos come in these massive boxes with the pictures on the outside. Like when I was growing up, they just gave you some Legos like, good luck. You know what I'm saying? No picture, all right? Use your imagination. We don't want our kids to use our imagination. You know what I'm saying? Uh, that was a joke. But anyway, so uh, there's this picture, and they get these Legos, and they bring them home. And that's what Gavin did recently. He had this Lego box of all these, Le- I mean, just like ridiculous amount of pieces in it. And sits down with me, and on the front, there's this helicopter that's just full out. All right, it's, y'all with me? Crazy how many Legos it takes to make that. He's like, Daddy, let's make that. So I called his mom, and they ended up putting it together. But um, <laughs> the point is, they were looking at the box, and they were putting together the entire, and it looks, it looks pretty slick. So after they whooped me up from my nap, I was like, that's awesome. <laughs> but as I thought about praying for my sons, really, the deal is, we've got a picture in our mind. May Garrison and Gavin, your sons as well, hearts for God, valiant fighters against sin, running to wisdom, Humble servant leaders. So that's the picture. Now check this out. You can look at the picture and just walk away from it and use your own imagination. Or you can say, all right, God, we we know this is a desire for our sons. So what we're going to do now is we're going to pray that you would build these characteristics in the life of our children. So as you are praying, what you're really doing is simultaneously building what will become of your son in the days ahead. Man, don't throw the box away. Pray for your kid. Amen? That's the challenge. So I will give it to you just like I've given it to you the past couple of weeks. I've encouraged you wives to spend some time alone with the Lord praying for your husband and vice versa. But this week, I want to challenge you parents. Listen, take some time, set it aside, sit down with God, and begin to lift up these prayer for your son. And not only this, I would encourage you, if you'll take a look inside of your family groove project, there's a bookmark in there on how to pray for your children. And it's literally outlined 30 specific prayers that you can lift up for your son or your daughter. But just pray for them. And really, that's what we're going to do even now. So let's just have our heads bowed and eyes closed, nobody looking around.